every time I watch that, it reminds me so much of Buddy the Elf. When he's sitting there, he's going and going and going, and he puts them down. Oh, and they all jump out at him all the time, right? Oh, man, got to love some Buddy the Elf on Christmas. Hey, guys, my name is Chris. I am the impact pastor for our middle and high school students right here in Kernersville. And I'm so honored. I'm so excited to be up here tonight or this morning hanging out with y'all, talking about foolish things and really foolish words. Work with middle school and high school students, y'all, there's a lot of foolish things that are said with our students. And a lot of them are living in y'all's houses. So, like, this isn't brand new news to y'all. Y'all could probably help me with a lot of things I say because we're still trying to understand it. But we have so much fun, my wife Whitney and I, and really to jump in just to the power of our words. That's where we're going here this morning. And to start, I wanted to share with y'all about my favorite holiday when I was in college. It was hands down my favorite holiday every year, and it was this. I mean, it was April Fool's Day. It was so much fun. I mean, like, this is the one day a year, right, guys? You're with me. We're like, you can pretty much get away with just about anything. Think about it. You can kind of say whatever you want to say. You could just about do whatever you want to do. I mean, you could even be almost who you want to be. As long as you have that magic thing after you say it or do it. April Fool's, I'm just kidding. April Fool's, nah, I was just joking. April Fool's, that's not real. Nah, I'm just playing. And we did it all the time in college. We, we would have so much fun Labor Fool's Day. We're like, this is the one day where we set up banana peels throughout the entire dorm floor. Because we loved Mario Kart. So we're like, how fun would it be if somebody tries to walk out of their room and go to class and there's just banana peels everywhere? This is great. If you step on a banana peel, that's real. And that is very slippery. It's not just in the game we found out pretty quick. So that was fun. We would set up little army men, little G.I. Joes, and we would set them up outside of people's doors and in rooms. And, like, when they would open the door, it looked like the beaches of Normandy were there, right? Like, and boom, here comes D-Day, and they're storming the forces, right? We had so much fun with this. And there was, it was actually so crazy. Um, we didn't just do it. It's <laughs> a funny part. We just didn't do it on April 1st because that would be expected. But real April Fool's is on April the 2nd. It's on April the 3rd. Hey, it's all the way through the month of April. Hey, y'all, it's through May. May the 4th and Star Wars and April Fool's, that's a blast. We did it all the way up through graduation. <laughs> so we're talking like the beginning, like mid-June. Yeah, that's how long we did April Fool's. To a point where last week when we were talking about this message, I was talking to my wife, Whitney, and Whitney's like, is that why you still try and pull April Fool's jokes? Like in the middle of June? I'm like, yeah, I guess it is, babe, because I drive her crazy with those things. It's, it's just so fun. But there was one joke that we did that was probably the best joke, and it was between me and one of my really good friends, Dennis. And Dennis was an offensive lineman. He played football. He was a big guy. He was like my height, but he was probably two or three of me, like maybe a mix between like Thanos and, I don't know, like Hagrid from Harry Potter or something. He was a really big dude. Like he was a strong guy. Like he looked a little bit better than those guys, I guess. But, you know, like, yeah, he, he, he was a big, tough guy. And this one time we went probably around Cinco de Mayo. We decided to go and get dinner. And this is when Chipotle and Barb's and Moe's, like, you know, 15 years ago, they're really getting big. They're getting loud. And we said, all right, let's go get a burrito. All right, cool. We'll get one. I got one, and I had a lot of jalapenos on it for some reason. And I remembered I don't like spicy food. So I decided, well, Dennis and all the guys that are out there eating on the quad, hanging out, and all their rooms are left, like, wide open right now. Um, Dennis never locked his room. Why don't I take this burrito, you know, and unwrap it a little bit here. Let's see if we can get this thing out. Oh, yeah, nice and green, good-looking thing. This is actually the same one from Thursday night, so 
You guys will catch my drift here. Woo! Somebody asked me last service, you going to eat this after? I said, I will not. But I decided to take this burrito and hide it in Dennis's room. <laughs> Beginning of May, you know those dorm rooms. Y'all remember college life? You know, it's, it's like there's really not a lot of circulation of air in those rooms. They get very hot in those rooms. And I said, well, let me hide it in Dennis's room. And y'all, mind you, Dennis is a clean freak. Like he does laundry like three times a week because he can't stand smells. It's like, this will be perfect. Let me hide this in Dennis's room. So I go in his room, I look around, and I'm like, oh, how about under his bed? So I go under his bed, and even better, under his bed, he has these crates of like his winter clothes. <laughs> yeah, y'all know where I'm going. And it's like the clear plastic crates. So I open them up, and I put the burrito in there and leave it. Oh, but then I'm like, hold on, let me do something better. Let me crack this crate a little bit just so that aroma can start to marinate this room a little bit, you know. And I leave, and I'm just so excited. I see Dennis out there, and we're talking and hanging out, you know, and he's wondering why I'm smiling so much probably. Well, later that night, I'm, I'm ready for Dennis to find it and come and just destroy me. He doesn't. The next day, he clearly didn't find it. Well, beginning of May turned into the middle of May, turned into the end of May, turned into June, Turn into graduation, people are packing up, you're getting ready to go home, and we're all hanging out in the quad, and Dennis all of a sudden comes storming towards me. And I'm talking with my, you know, with some of our boys, so I'm acting like I don't see him, you know, I'm just talking like, yeah. And Dennis, like his face is like Barney purple right now, and like he's coming on a mission. And I'm like, oh no. And he says, Gate, everybody called me Gate, because of Applegate. He said, Gate, and he and he grabbed me. It was like the Godfather moment where he was like, I know it was you. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Gate, you broke my heart. And I was like, oh, no. And he picked me up, and I'm like, oh, shoot. This is going to be a problem, right? And he said, it's over. I found the burrito. <laughs> burrito, what are you talking about? He said, uh-uh, Gate. You're done. And I'm like, Dennis, please. I'm so sorry. I was just kidding. It was a joke. I was just joking. It was April Fool's, man. And from that moment forward, anytime I see burritos, I always think of that. And... You know what's crazy, though, about those burritos? It did start to rot, and it started to smell really bad. And I thought Dennis would do what we typically do when something rots. What do you do? You look for the source of it. You know, it's like, man, what is that smell? What is going on here? Is that one of my baby's diapers? I hope not. Okay, it's something. Oh, I thought he would find it under his bed. He never did. He never found it. And I think for some of us in this Foolish series, we're seeing things in our life where we have some foolish areas and some dark spots that we struggle with. We do. And for some of us, our words might be a little bit foolish. And in fact, the crazy thing about burritos and also words is just like a burrito rot, words can cause things to rot. They can. If we're not careful, the things we say, the comments we make, our tone of voice towards people, yeah, that can hurt people. That can mess up friendships. That can mess up relationships. How many times have you thought about a time before, or we're sitting out here right now this morning, you're like, man, yeah, I used to be really close friends with him. And I don't even remember what he said. I remember what she said. I don't remember what I said, but we just don't really talk anymore. Sometimes things are said and days turn into weeks, turn into months, turn into years where there's distance, there's separation because some words have rotted out that entire relationship that was there. And in fact, words rot a lot of things. They do rot relationships, they, uh, dating relationships. How many dating relationships have gone bad because of something that we say? A lot. Some of y'all are like, I'm glad that went bad because I'm sitting with my beautiful and wonderful wife now, right? Like, relationships are big. Small groups. Maybe some of y'all in your small groups, you're like, dude, that group didn't work. 
Because, man, I said that, and I thought I was just kidding, but I put it out there, and I shouldn't have said it, and, man, I wish I could have got it back. Or she said that, or he said that. Those words rotted that out. How about marriage? Ooh. Some of the best marriage advice I ever got, and I didn't really understand until I did it, obviously, but was do not ever tell your wife that she is acting like her mama. Don't do it. I didn't realize how bad it was till I did it. Right? I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. What was I thinking? Okay, my bad. I was just joking, babe. April Fool's. No, don't worry like that. Ladies, same thing. Women, we cannot tell our husbands that they're acting like their dads. That's not a good thing because then they'll give a dad, oh, or something, you know, and it's, that's not the most loving thing to do. But how many times in our marriages have we said things before and we've used words or a tone of voice, and you know what, instead of following up or apologizing or wishing we wouldn't have said that, we just sit down and we watch TV or we watch a game or we go to sleep, and all of a sudden those words are festering just like that armpit burrito from Barbarito's there that is rotten something nasty. And we start to grow apart. It's tough with marriages. Words can rot them. Another thing, though, words can rot workplace. The people that you work with, your manager. Maybe if you ever say anything bad about your manager, that will change that relationship forever. Or if people that you work with, that water cooler conversation and talk, sometimes if it's more negative than it is positive, that workplace environment all of a sudden will start to get toxic. And those words are rotting that workplace. And it's not a place that you love to go to at all anymore. Man, you're ready to go home. That 9 to 5 couldn't finish fast enough. How about up here? Family. Words can definitely rot things in families. Parents, you said something to your parents. You wish you wouldn't have said it. Or they said something to you. We work with our middle and high school students all the time. And we're Whitney and I are parents. And we've got two little girls. And I know what it's like sometimes in the moment we say something, I'm like, I was an out-of-body experience. I didn't even really know I said that because you were running around chasing your daughter with a diaper, you know, your sister with a diaper. Why are you doing that? But we just say something crazy to them. And, y'all, the reality is, though, for students, they hold on to those things. And it can rot that relationship and their view, really, of themselves and issues. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. Not even to mention family. How about in-laws, though? Ooh, words can mess up some stuff around the holidays, right? You said, what about my banana pudding? Who's is better? Okay. All right. Can mess it up. Uh, siblings, I mean, brother, sister, you haven't talked to them in months and years because of the person that they married and what they said about your spouse or what you said about them and their kids. Words can rot out a family. Sports. Words can ruin sports. Words can ruin sports for me. I'm a big Tar Heel fan. I'm a big Carolina fan. If you're a Duke fan... We're going to ask that you come up front. We're going to pray for you and ask that we exercise the blue devil demon out of you, okay? <laughs> I cannot watch Carolina basketball games with Duke fans. I just can't do it. I mean, it will rot the entire game in sport for me. I just I can't do it. But with sports, you really, I mean, think about it. Words can ruin something in sports. If you play a sport, all it takes is a couple people on the team to start saying things, and, man, it ruins that whole chemistry on the team. It can mess it up. And then I think maybe the most powerful thing about words, words can rot things with ourself. We start saying things. We start thinking things about ourselves. Feel like, man, we're not good enough. We're not worthy. Man, why? Why me? Why, why would she be with me? Why would he choose me? Am I, am I doing everything I need to do as a dad, as a husband, as a wife, as a mom, as a worker? 
If you're insecure and if you're starting to say these things about yourself again and again and again, when you look in the mirror, eventually, if we're not careful, that can ruin who God is calling you to be. And it can rot just like a burrito, this plan that God has for your life. So words are dangerous. They have a lot of power. And in this series, we're talking about how important it is to control these types of things and be wise and not be a fool. So really, because fools kind of do this. Fools, for the most part, will use their words to tear other people down. They do. They cut others down with their words. They say things that are ugly. They say things that are mean. They say things a lot of times that will allow them to feel better about themselves. And, you know, the reality is I know right now, just like Pastor Jonathan said last week, it's easy to see this in other people. But if I'm real with myself, I'm like, yeah, I've, I've done this. I've done this this week. I've used some words because I'm insecure and I'm struggling with something to tear somebody else down. And really, that's not the purpose. That's not what we're supposed to do. No. we got to be mindful of this summit and be sure that we're using our words not to tear down, but to do the opposite. And to try and encourage and lift and build up. Now, here's the deal. If you're here and if you're not sure about God, if you're not sure about Jesus, you're watching. We're, we're so glad you guys decided to spend some time with us or to, to tune in with us. Um, what we're talking about is still so important for you because your words still have power. Your words still have influence. You still have a huge effect on people around you in your life. And the words that you use, you want to be sure you use them in a wise way, regardless of where you are in your walk with God. Now, if you are here and you're a follower of Jesus and you say, I'm trying to be a Christian, I'm trying to do this whole God thing and church thing, then our words are super important because people who might not be sure about God, sometimes they look at us at home in the neighborhood, in the workplace, and they watch our words very carefully. And we see it all the time with our students when they go to school. And students will come to us and say, yeah, you know what, I said something I shouldn't have said. And then somebody made a comment because, oh, I thought you went to, I thought you went to impact. I thought you went to the church. I thought you were a Christian. Hey, follow Jesus. It's important for us to be mindful of our words because we're not just representing ourselves. We're representing God. We're representing Jesus. If, you're, if, if you were not really sure about God and if somebody accidentally use their words to hurt you sometime as a follower of Jesus. And they didn't mean to, but they said something. We're sorry, because that's not who Jesus is. That's not who our church is by any means or stretch. But we got to figure this out. Because the power of words is so real, and it's so true. And in Proverbs, Solomon talks a lot about this. And to break down Solomon, I know we've talked about him this month. Uh, he makes me, it kind of makes me think of, all right, like if you had like the smartest minds throughout history, if you had like Albert Einstein, if you had like a Steve Jobs, if you had like an Elon Musk, and if you had, you know, uh, all these bright, bright minds and a Maya Angelou and like a Helen Keller and all these brilliant minds, like if you threw them all together, I still think Solomon would probably be a little bit wiser. He's the wisest man ever, the wisest person to ever live. And Solomon talks about how important it is for us to be wise with our words, to be mindful with our words, to be careful with our words. Because remember, if we don't, man, they can rot things just like a nasty, stinky burrito. I don't know if this is making y'all hungry because it's almost lunchtime, uh, but no, no harm done to Barbaritos, okay? It's still a delicious establishment, I promise you that, okay? But let's jump in here to Solomon in his words and see what he has to say here about being wise with what we say. Solomon says this in Proverbs eleven twelve. He says, it is foolish to belittle one's Neighbor. When he says neighbor, he doesn't just mean the person that's living next to you. He means others. He's talking about people, your friends. It uh, could be somebody in your family. could be somebody you work with. could be somebody that you, you go to church with. could be somebody that you see at the gym. could be somebody that you go to soccer practice with because you, you, you guys both drop off your kids there. He says it's foolish to belittle them. 
with your words, right, with what you say. you got to be mindful of that. And be little. I used to be foolish with that because my, little, my older sister is 5'3", and I used to always try and belittle her. Well, basically what Solomon's saying by belittle is, like, it's foolish to make other people feel like they're not important, to feel like they don't really matter that much, to talk down to them. Solomon says that's a, it's not a smart thing. That's not a cool thing. That's not a wise thing. You shouldn't talk to other people that way with your words because they have power and it can mess it up. He keeps going. He says a sensible person keeps quiet. A wise person, a smart person, a prudent person, they keep quiet. And I love the idea of keeping quiet because it, it makes me think of like a $20 bill. If I ever have cash and I go to a store, Whitney, my wife, is like, oh, no. I don't know what he's coming back with. He's going to the clearance and he's going to find something. He's going to find uh, Uncle Sam party favors and these neon necklaces from July 4th, which, yeah, I, I mean, sure, they're cool, and they're on sale. It's like 90% off. Why would you not want to buy that, right? Do we need that? No, baby, it's a great deal. Listen, if I have money in my pocket, I can't keep it, unfortunately. That's why I have to go on the debit card. I put it all in the bank. Solomon is saying here, listen, you need to keep your quiet. Keep your silence. Hold on to it. You don't have to just respond because when you throw it out there, it's out there and it's gone. And sometimes you can never, ever, ever get it back. You need to keep it like an ace, like in your back pocket. Like keep it, hold on to it, have it. Use it when you need to, but be smart with your words because when you throw them out there, you have all been there before where you wish so badly you wouldn't have said that. Solomon says it's so great to keep that quiet. Let's go to the next one, Proverbs 18. He says this, Solomon says, the tongue can bring death or life. You know why you need to keep quiet? Because you can cause things around you to rot. You can cause things around you to die. That's tough. The only person to ever come back from death was Jesus. And unfortunately for us, he's not going to bring our words back. I wish he could just resurrect our words when we say something terrible and say something we shouldn't have said. I mean, like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? No. See, words can bring death, but they can also bring life, which is a cool thing. They can bring hope. They can bring encouragement. They can bring new life, which is a very exciting thing. He finishes by saying, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. People who talk and talk and talk and talk without thinking. And again, we've all been there. We've all said things we probably shouldn't have said and we didn't mean to say. But it's a tough place to be. And Solomon says, you don't want to live there. Be mindful. Be wise with your words. I was talking with Whitney last week about this. Um, and we were kind of working through it. And she had this great quote from Pinterest. And fellas, I know Pinterest, like this is the only time I've probably ever even been on Pinterest. I don't really know how to operate Pinterest. I'm not really familiar with it whatsoever. But she had this really cool quote that was super helpful for me, especially as we're thinking about this message, and this was it. It said, temporary emotions can cause permanent damage. Again, temporary emotions, things you're feeling in that moment, can cause permanent damage, damage that's going to last forever. How many times are temporary emotions really sparked or caused or created with some words that we probably shouldn't throw out there that quick? It happens a lot. And actually, just a few weeks ago, we were at Crowder's Ridge with our middle school students. And y'all, there is nothing more temporary emotional, right, in highs and lows than all kinds of sixth, seventh, and eighth graders up in the woods, in the sticks, without any service or Wi-Fi. Oh no, right? What are you going to do? And it's like you're all hanging out together, and you don't really have sleep. You have camp food for a week, which is camp food, okay? It's like think back to elementary school and how that food was. This is on another level, okay? I'm going to go ahead and just be honest with you all. It is camp food. 
But we had so much fun, and it was so great. But there were so many emotions all over the place. This is a picture of all our middle school students uh, and our middle school leaders. And we had some awesome high school students who came and led as well. Man, it's an amazing group, a great team there. We had a wonderful week. We had 16 students make the decision and say, you know what? I'm living for Jesus, and I want to get baptized, and I want to show everybody and all my friends. It was awesome. We had two leaders who said, I want to rededicate my life right now with my small group of guys right here together with them for Jesus and, and, and get this thing going. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can absolutely clap for that. It was so awesome. Now, again, though, we had a lot of temporary emotions up there, and it started with words. It really did. And mind you, this, here's the lake back here. We really kept encouraging our guys. Girls, girls were angels. They were great. Guys, please shower. Please use a shower. There's a faucet for a reason. I jumped in the lake two days ago. No, 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 no. Boy, get, get, get in the shower. Go shower. For all of us in a 25-person dorm room, please, okay? So, but there was just all kinds of temporary emotions there, and it was so much fun. But uh, one of our guys had a very temporary emotional moment. That all started with words. And I asked Pastor Jonathan, I said, uh, Jonathan, can, is it okay if I share this story? And he said, absolutely. He said, just please don't use any names. I said, okay, I got you. We're not going to use any names. We'll call old boy Leroy, okay? So we were hanging out with Leroy, and, you know, he's a sixth-grade kid, a great kid, but we kept telling our guys, be mindful with your words. Be wise with your words. Watch what you say. Hold your tongue. If you can't say anything nice, don't say it, right, the whole week, because all it takes in that type of environment where you don't really have sleep and you're hot and you don't have service or Wi-Fi and, like, it's just crazy, just say a couple words can spark all kinds of stuff. And we try to prevent it and watch it from happening. Well, old Leroy, um, he had a bad moment on Thursday. And, you know, he always was the one to kind of walk into a room and just start talking to other people. And he'd say something. He'd just push the line, and then he'd go over it some. Well, on Thursday, this is, we're going down to baptisms. This is the highlight of the week for these kids. And Jake, who's up here playing guitar, he's our worship leader on Wednesday nights with Impact. He does a great job. Jake walks up with Leroy. And I'm like, oh, no. I just talked to him earlier about his words. I said, dude, you got to be mindful of what you say. Well, Leroy apparently took the whole idea of sticks and stones to a whole nother level. You know, y'all know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, eventually for Leroy, he kept saying so many words and causing temporary emotions that somebody said something back to him. Oh, and he was about to take some sticks and really cause some permanent damage, okay? Jake's like, yeah, I found, I found him down here by the lake, man. And, you know, we're out playing capture the flag. And old, old Leroy's chasing kids with sticks. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He was Barry Bonds and kids trying to get this kid that said something about his mama. And I was like, oh, Leroy, Leroy, Leroy. I was like, bro, you cannot hit kids with sticks. This is 2021. What is wrong with you? I, you know, man, I said something to him and I shouldn't. I was like, you said something. You, you can't. Don't do that. Don't use your words that way, bro. Because look what you're doing. You're going to run around and, and take a kid's knee and hit it with a stick. And it's, we don't need any Pinocchio problems up here, okay? So please, be smart. Be mindful. Watch your words. Thankfully, it finished well. Leroy was great. He was an angel for the rest of the week. And he's one of our awesome students that hangs out with us on Wednesdays. But y'all... Temporary emotions, it started with his words and saying something he shouldn't have said, and then he tried to handle it, and it could have caused some permanent, permanent damage. For another situation for most of you in the room, if you're not familiar with the middle school and high school life, 
Maybe you are a parent right now of younger kids, or maybe you were a parent in a different season. Maybe you're a grandparent now. Well, here are my two uh, beautiful little girls. This is Iris, who's the oldest. She is four. And this is Evie, who is our youngest, and she is two and a half. And y'all, you talk about the power of some words. It's crazy. Iris is the oldest, and she will tell everybody, I'm, yeah, I'm oldest. I'm older. I'm older. And Evie just kind of looks at her like, uh, I'm like, Evie, hold on now. Just take it easy for a second, okay? Because Evie, yeah, Evie gets it done. Now, and th- the craziest thing almost every day is the, the wildest moment is when we feed Hootie. Hootie is our labradoodle who's probably about 20 pounds, 25 pounds overweight because they love to feed him. I give them a little bit of table scraps sometimes. But, you know, they love to both have to feed them. It's, it, it's, it's routine every day. All right, girls, uh, it's time to feed Hootie. Who's going to feed him? Iris says, oh, I do. I want to feed him. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. And then here comes Evie. Wherever she is, she drops what she has. And she goes, me, 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 me. I want to feed him. I want to feed Hootie. Hootie, Hootie. Because she can't really say her D's all the way. So, and Iris will turn around and say, no, Evie, I'm the oldest. I feed Hootie. And Evie, y'all, will respond one of two ways. And this is the good, this is the good way. It's a sad way. It's a good way. She'll drop everything she has. She'll collapse onto the floor like the witch from the Wizard of Oz and just melt away. <laughs> and stay there. Hootie will eat, and she'll just be there. <laughs> Finally, we have to get her. Hey, Ev, come on, baby. Let's go. It's lunchtime. You got to keep moving, okay? That's the good way. The bad way is when she responds and she said, you know what? You're not going to like me when I'm angry. Roar! Like full-on Hulk mode. And Iris is like, oh, no. Iris takes off running. I'm like, Hootie, get upstairs. Wit, we got to close the door. Let her go. She's about to tear everything up. Just watch out because she is on a tear. Say Hulk smash. One time Iris, this is bad. One time Iris didn't move. I shouldn't laugh at all. But one time Iris didn't move when Evie went full on Hulk mode. And she was just sitting there like, no, I'm feeding him. And Evie's like, her eyes like turn green and everything. And like there's, there's Iris right there. And Evie's just like, boom, truck stick. And Iris goes like running, falling back. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I look at Whitney and I'm like, where is did she get this from you, babe? <laughs> and then Whitney looks at me. No, I'm just kidding. But it's crazy. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, I, and we're like, okay, all right, here's the deal. We don't want to have a puddle, and we don't want to have a destroyed house with, with, with nothing standing anymore, okay? We got to figure out a way to fix this. Iris, baby doll, I know you're the oldest, but you don't have to tell her that. You don't have to be so mean sometimes with your words, Use your words differently. And we try and tell Iris this. She doesn't really understand it, but we're really trying. This is kind of what we say, right? We, this famous, famous, famous thing that Jesus said in Matthew 7, 12, the golden rule, the golden rule. Treat other people how you want to be treated. Right? Iris, do you want people to treat you that way? Do you want Evie to throw you into next week? Huh? No, Dad, I don't. I don't. Well, be kind with your words, sweetheart. Be loving with your words. Don't treat her that way. And now she's out running laps around the house going crazy to calm down, okay? Don't do that. you got to be loving. 
Jesus says the same thing in Matthew 7, 12, which is one of his most famous messages ever, the Sermon on the Mount, where he's got families. He probably had siblings and, like, people there watching, listening. And this is so important. I think it was so spot on for our words, too, right? Jesus says this. He says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. If you want other people to be loving to you, to be kind to you, to be nice to you, to be friends to you, you got to do that to them. Hey, with your words, if you want people to love you with their words, you got to love them with your words, your tone of voice, the things that you say. It is so crazy important for us. And to break it down even further for us, just today, we kind of just say it like this. Y'all, we got to use our words wisely. Followers of Jesus, not sure about Jesus. Dads, kids, moms, right, students in college. You're a young adult trying to figure things out wherever you are in your life. If you're retired and you're, you're retired and you're done with work and you're trying to figure out what's next and your grandparents and you're just in a different season of life right now and you've got so much wisdom that please share it with us. Help us with that. Right? But, and help us with this because we don't use our words wisely all the time and you see it. And I love it if I talk to my parents and ask them, I ask my dad all the time, have you ever said anything you wish you wouldn't have said? And he just laughs at me. He's like, yeah, I have. Y'all, we got to use our words wisely, and it's so important because you see the reaction in kids. You see what happens when they don't use their words wisely, but it can cut deeper when we don't. So what does it look like to use our words wisely, to encourage, to lift up, to love, to help, to support? we got five things for us that we think could help all of us together try and use our words wisely this week. First one, slow down with our words. We live in such an instant age where you get a text, we want to respond right back. We get an email, got to return it. You get a phone call, a voicemail, you got to call them right back. Slow down. Especially with your words when you're in conversation, you don't have to talk that quickly. If you don't have an answer, if you're frustrated, if you're in a place emotionally right now, slow down. Thomas Jefferson said, if, when you're angry, before you speak, count to 10. He says, when you're really mad, count to 100. Slow down. That is a very healthy and great thing to do, especially when we're angry and we're struggling with things with our words. Secondly, choose love. Choose words that are loving. Y'all, I, I know what it's like when you have something here and you're like, dude, this guy has had it coming. He needs to hear this. And I'm just going to be honest. You know, bless their heart, but I got to get this out there. They, you know, with all due respect, and I'm saying with all due respect, Mr. Denny, I got to put this out here, right? Like, we've had these moments. No, no, choose the loving words to say. We got to choose love. Because you know what? We've probably had moments in our life before where you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Why did I say that? But I bet you've never had a moment before where you're like, man, I can't believe I said the loving thing. I can't believe I was that kind. I can't believe it was that nice. I can't believe it was that encouraging. In your head, you might have been like, yeah, I shouldn't have been that kind of him, man. I'll tell you what. But, no, no. but we don't say that. We choose love with our words. Third, practice silence. You know, a silent moment is such a powerful moment. It was the worst growing up as kids when your dad, you're getting ready to be punished for something that you did, and he just doesn't say anything, and you're just waiting. Like you're, you're awaiting like your death sentence and your trial. And I'm like, please just say something. Please, please, please. Y'all, silence is a powerful thing when we don't say anything and we're quiet. And honestly, it's a great time for us to think, to reflect. Sometimes it can be the wisest, most loving thing to do. You don't have to respond right away. Just be quiet sometimes in a moment. Four, pray, pray, pray. 
Pray in that moment. If you're in a conversation, you're about to say something crazy, and you really might want to slap that person. Pray, God, help me not to go crazy on them, and please help me with my words. Pray before those difficult conversations, right? If you know you're getting ready to have a tough conversation, or you're going into the holidays with families, and there's going to be a lot of emotions and things going on, pray before for your words. We teach our students all the time, pray before that environment so you're ready and your, heart, your, your heart's ready for it. Five, look in the mirror. Mental health this past year has been huge for Whitney and I. We've talked about this, we've journeyed through this, and we've looked at it. And like just looking at our own insecurities and struggles and things. And 2020 has been tough, y'all. I mean, you guys all feel it and know it. Looking in the mirror is a great, wonderful way to really be mindful in watching your words. It is. If your words are more negative, if your words are more discouraging, if your words are more hurtful to other people, you're probably struggling with something in here. You got to look in the mirror. Because hurt people oftentimes hurt people. And we don't want you guys to struggle at all with that by yourself. We're here to support you guys as much as we possibly can here. So look in the mirror. We encourage y'all. And what's cool is if we use our words wisely, if we do these things, we have really cool moments where you can just start crazy encouragement for other people. And it can start and it can spread and it can spread and it can spread to others. And this was really cool. Just last week we had a date night. And Whitney's mom, Nana, she's awesome. Her and Papa always watch the girls for us for date nights, and we try and get out, and we'll go and do something fun. And Iris is typically terrified of frogs. She doesn't like frogs. She doesn't like the slimy, the feel of frogs. Well, Nana was teaching Iris that it's okay to hold a frog. Hey, Iris, I've been there. It's okay. You hold your hands like this. It just tickles. It feels like it just tickles. Here, you can hold it. You can hold it. You can hold it. She used her words wisely, loving, encouraging, lifting up for Iris. So Iris decides to hold the frog, and she believes that she can do it. And this is so cool. This is awesome. Here is a video of it that uh, Nana took for us. Check out what Iris does in this video. This is awesome. Check it out. What are you getting ready to do? What are you getting ready to hold? A frog. A little froggy. <laughs> What's his name? You're going to hop. Look. Look at it, Abby. Little frog, don't squish him. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> what do you think about that? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? In the water? No. He's all tight. Shh, Bella. <laughs> you want Nana to put him in your hand? <laughs> you better close that mouth here, jump in it. <laughs> and right after the filming, the frog jumps right into Everly's mouth. No, I'm just kidding. What does Iris do? Nana taught her how to hold a frog. She encouraged her with her words, lifted her up, said, You can do it. I believe in you. It's okay, sweetheart. It's not going to bite you, baby. You're okay. You're okay. Hold it just like this. Hold it just like this. And that's why Iris was saying, it, it won't hurt. It just tickles. It won't bite. It won't bite. And then Iris, in this video, took the words that were encouraging and life-giving and lifting up to her that Nana shared with her. What does Iris do? She takes him to Evie. And Evie, look, Evie, you can hold it. You can do it. You can hold it. Here, it won't bite. It won't hurt. It's okay. See, look, it just tickled. And what does Evie say? I'm scared. I'm scared. And then she does a little twirl. Evie's, Evie's, 
She's special. We love that girl. She's a trip. Here's the deal, y'all. Some of us are carrying things in our life right now, and you're like Evie because you're so afraid of what you're about to face. You're dealing with something in your marriage. You're dealing with infertility in your marriage. You're dealing with separation maybe in your marriage. You're dealing with a death in your family still, especially after COVID and the year that we had. You're dealing with depression. You're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with being let go at work. You're dealing with a health diagnosis. You're dealing with something in your life right now that is so heavy, that is so real, that is terrifying to you. And you know what we need to do as a church? We need to come around you. We need to support you. Just like Iris does with Evie. You, you know why Iris did it? Because Nan, Nana said, hey, I've held a frog. Hey, I've been there. Guess what? It's slimy. It's a little bit nasty. But it's not going to bite you. It's not going to hurt you. And let me help you with that. I want to help you. I can show you how to get through it. Because some of y'all are stuck in a storm right now with something that is so heavy and depressing and you have no idea how to get through it. And there's people around you right now in your life who need to speak into that. So if that's you, if you've gone through something, and maybe you're like, God, I don't know why I went through that. I don't know why our marriage went through that. I don't know why our family went through that. I don't know why, like, I've struggled with that my whole life. I don't get it. Maybe you went through it so God could help you use it to get somebody else through it. And it might be time for you right now to use your words to encourage and lift somebody else up out of the storm that they're stuck in. Maybe you're out here and you're like, you know, I haven't gone through anything like that, thankfully. Um, what am I really supposed to do? Well, you've got people in your life who love you, who look up to you. Older brothers, yeah. Older siblings, absolutely. Parents, your kids look up to y'all so much. I wish y'all knew how much our middle school and high school kids love y'all. <laughs> you've got people in your lives that love y'all and need y'all and are leaning on y'all. And y'all have an opportunity right now this week to use your words to encourage and to be there with them and lift them up. Even if it's just having an arm around them. It might be somebody in the car on the way home today who needs some encouragement and some love. Remember what Solomon says. The cool thing about words is they can give life. Yeah, they give death. Yeah, they're rotten burritos. They stink. They're nasty. But also they can bring life and encouragement. So my challenge for all of us Summit family is, hey, where can we use our words more wisely this week to bring life and encouragement? Let's do it together, wherever it is. And let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning, for this time together. Father, we've all said things and done things and, and haven't always been the wisest at times. Father, please help us this week to do the best we can with our words, with what we say, to use them to lift up, to use them to encourage others. God, I pray for so many people in this room and watching right now who have gone through crazy storms in their life, God, and have gone through difficult seasons. Father, I pray, Lord, that they'll be able to find other people who they can help walk through that same season that they're in right now. God, I know it's not easy, and I, I pray, Lord, that, that we can do that together, though. Because, Father, we need each other right now more than ever. I pray for those of us right now who are watching who maybe they feel like they have nobody who they can encourage and lift up with their words. I pray that you will throw people into their minds, into their lives, into their, their, their days this week that they can use to encourage with a text message or a conversation. We love you so much, Father. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for his forgiveness in our foolish moments and the love and the life that we're able to have because of him. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.